Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello, hello. Thank you for that. Can I get a boomer? So, let's address the elephant in the room. Guys, listen, I first and foremost want to talk to you football players specifically. I feel like I failed you. I feel like I failed you, all right? Because every other week, I've given you some guidance on how to win, right? You need to win by a lot or you need to win by a little. I feel like I'm Coach Brent. You followed the plan. But last week, I was selfish with my time on stage, and I didn't give you any guidance and leadership. And without vision, people will fail. And Dagum Baylor got the best of us. And I've, I'm sorry. Like I, I, I'm, I, all I can say now is let's finish strong. Amen? All right? If we have a one-loss season, I would say that's not too shabby, okay? Like, let's not give up. Let's beat OS who, right? Like, let's beat our, our little brothers and let's just finish strong and pray for a miracle. I don't, I, I don't know if that can even happen, but Jesus walked on water. All right, let's not waste a prayer on that. Come on now. Anyways, are we happy to be here? Like, my goodness, I am so excited that y'all are here. Anybody ready for Thanksgiving? All right. You going to get your elastic pants out, right? Come on now. It's funny because it's true, all right? Anyways, today I wanted to look at a little something that the Lord laid on my heart. Um, it's something that I've been working through the past couple days and, and really trying to, to just understand. And it's really just the point of trusting his process. I've walked through this over the past couple days. I have um, done my own study. I've looked into a couple other respectable pastors, and I've liked a couple things that they said, and I want to highlight a couple things that they said tonight. And um, I just think that trusting God's process um, is kind of a big deal. And I believe that we are all in agreement when it comes to God's process that it has two characteristics that it will always be for our good, and it will always bring God glory. Now, I know it's easy for us to say that we um, can trust God's process, and we can always say that it is good to trust God's process, but in reality, trusting God's process can be a little hard, especially when I talk about trusting God's promise and when he has to break us. When God has to break us, we have to learn how to trust his process in this. Believe it or not, God does break us in order to remake us. And it will be for our good and it will be for his glory. Can we follow that, that, that line tonight? It will be for our good, but it will also be for his glory. But if we can just understand the why for tonight, like, 
Like, what is, what is it that God needs to break in us in order to remake us? In 1 Thessalonians, if we can kind of just look at the, the structure here, we have, uh, I think it's 1 Thessalonians 5, and we are made of three elements. We're made of the body, we are made of the soul, and we're made of the spirit. See, your body is how you function in this world. You got your five senses. You got your, you got your smell, your touch, your taste, your sight, and your hearing. Good job, guys who paid attention in school. Two of you. Um, we have then our soul. Our soul is how we function with ourselves, our own personalities. It's how we know who we are, where we are, when we are. And then we have our spirit. Our spirit is how we function with God. And the Bible says that we are born natures of wrath. That means that we are born with scarred souls. And there is a fracture that is between us and God. When we're born, we are fractured between us and God in our souls. And now these scars can come both naturally in our natural sin. We're born natures of wrath. But some of us can also have some carryover sin from our parents. You don't only pick up their looks, but you also can pick up their sin. You can learn how to sin from your parents, but you also can receive some sin on just your own learned traits. You can learn it from your past. You can learn how to sin now and your own experience. But sin's main goal is this. It's to create an independence from God. Sin's main objective in our life is to create an independence from God. When you create an independence from God, it scars your soul. It's telling us that we don't need God and we can depend on ourselves. But something can cure that. When someone believes and trusts in Jesus, the Son of God, who came down to forgive you of your sins and you trust him to be the savior of your life, at that moment, you have soul-to-soul communication with God, and God's Holy Spirit comes and takes over your soul. Because what happens is the Holy Spirit starts taking over your spirit, and he starts working out the scars in your soul. And his spirit starts working on your soul, and then your soul starts working on your body, and all three are in unison for your good and for God's glory. Now, some, some scars and some sins in our life are easier for the Holy Spirit to just take care of. There are some things that we can instantly lay down at the feet of Jesus. See, Jesus comes and he forgives you of your sins, but you don't always necessarily just instantly give them up to him. There are some scars that are easier for him to remove, but there are some sins that it takes a little work for him to remove. Amen? A little slight of mouth amen on that. And the only way for him to be able to remove those sins and some of those scars in our life is for him, for him to break through that scar in order to remove it. Then and only then, the process of breaking us down begins. So if we can look at how the process of breaking us down to remake us through him can look like. We're going to look at Jacob again this night and Genesis chapter 32, if you'll find that with me in the Bible. And 
Jacob, the crafty guy that we learned about last week, whose name is the deceiver, the master manipulator, the birthright stealer. He has this great call in his life um, that still has not been carried out to fruition. Um, He has been walking with God for some years now, and God is still not finished with him yet. Do we believe that God is finished with us yet? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be one of those pastors tonight. Do we believe that God is finished with us yet? All right, come on now. Let's preach it. Preach at me a little bit, all right? It's okay. Jacob still has some things that he needs to let go of. But tonight we're going to meet up with Jacob in Mahanam, where he's about to encounter his twin brother Esau. But Esau, we don't see Jacob here as strong, courageous, lover of, of God, just ready to go to battle. No, no, no. We see that Jacob is frightened. He is scared. He is afraid that Esau is going to kill him because Jacob has deceived him not only once, but twice out of his birthright. He has every right to be mad at Jacob. And Jacob, at this moment, out of everything that he has been through, out of all the deception and out of everything of his life, he has finally come to a point where he is is stuck. And in chapter 32, we see he cries out to God, Oh my God, like, oh my goodness, like what am I supposed to do with my life? He's afraid of his brother, and rightly so he should be. But something happens in verse 24 of chapter 32. This is where we begin. It says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, Jacob was through... He was through with all of his craftiness. He deceived everybody he needed to deceive. And he's finally gotten to the point where he was alone. Jacob had gotten to the point where no one else could help him. He'd gotten to a point where the phone call to mama couldn't just fix anything anymore. He had gotten to the point where hanging out with the boys or hanging out with your girls couldn't numb the pain anymore. He'd gotten to the point where he felt like he was the loneliest person in the world, even amongst the camp. We have seen here that he had gotten to the point where he was at his breaking point. The only person who was there is him and God. No one else can meet him there. No one else can feel what he feels. No one else knows what he knows. It is just him and God. Anyone under wonder why you don't want to be in your, lo- in your room alone, undistracted? Maybe because you're not trusting the process of God. Like anybody in here, let's just be honest. It's hard for you to sit in your room alone, not scrolling on your phone, not talking on your phone, not looking at the computer, not watching TV or Netflix. Maybe, just maybe, you're afraid to be alone with just you and God. Because you know When it's just you and God and your thoughts start rolling, you know that something is going to happen. Better you're like Jacob. He had been stripped of all of his strongholds and he prays for help. And things didn't get better with God. Things got worse. Verse 25, we see, When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, 
he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint, and he wrestled with him. See, when the stranger saw that Jacob was not giving up, and he kept on holding on and wrestling with him, the man touched his hip, and he dislocated it. See, when God comes in to break you over something, he will make things bad. And if you're not willing to let it go, if you're willing to fight for it and keep on fighting for it, then things will get worse. If he's trying to remove something from your life and you're still not willing to give it up, you're still willing to keep on fighting for it, you're making the choice of making these things worse. See, listen, the the sooner that we let things go, it will say that we, we can keep on the wrestling match. But Jacob chose to stay in the wrestling match, and, he tur- and it turned from a wrestling match into I'm going to break your hip fight, right? Like, it's one-on-one with Jesus. He's saying, you know, I'm going to hold on to this. And Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm going to take this from you. And listen, if you go one-on-one with Jesus, it's not going to end up good with you because Jesus loves you more than you love yourself. He wants to take that thing away from you more than you want to hold on to it, I promise. A couple of, I don't know, probably months ago, I went to go pick up my Two-year at that time, two-year-old son, middle son, River, from the church uh, nursery after church one Sunday, and I walk up and I was like, "Oh, I'm here to get River." And the teacher walks out and is like, um, "I need to talk to you, Mr. Russell." And I was like, "Oh, great." Last week, my oldest kicked somebody, and I had to have a talking to. The week before that, my one-year-old bit somebody, and I had to get a talking to. So now number three has to get in trouble as well. And I was like, what did he do? She goes, you see that boy over there? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, he put him in a headlock. (laughs) Not only did he put him in a headlock, but he wouldn't let him go. And I was like, River, was that right? And he's like, Dad, he didn't tap out. (laughs) I was like, I was like, did he not tap? Like... Russell's, I mean, listen, if, if we get into it, we put you in a headlock. If you don't tap out, we ain't letting go, bro. Like, it's funny because it's true. He didn't let go. Students, when it comes to Jesus, he doesn't give up until we tap out. He doesn't give up on the one thing that you were holding in between you and him until we give it to him. He doesn't give up on that one thing that is giving us this attitude of independence away from him until we can let go of it. He won't let go of you because you mean so much more to him than you could ever imagine. He wants the best for you. He wants you to be the best person that you can possibly be. And he will always attack the one thing that you keep on putting in between you and him. But verse 26, it says this, then he said, this is the stranger, let me go for the, the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That means that after wrestling and after his hip had been dislocated, he is in pain, he's tired, he is hurting, and he is holding on. 
And students, my question to you, to you is, how easy is it for us when things are hard, when things are breaking around us, for us to just let go of God, give up on God? It's not easy to give in to God. It's easier to let go of God. But Jacob doesn't give up. He doesn't let go. He says, I'm not letting go until you bless me. How in the world can Jacob go from battle to asking for a blessing, from hurting and holding on for dear life into asking for blessing. There's a shift here. There's something that happened between Jacob and the stranger. The stranger showed up in the middle of the night out of nowhere, and Jacob didn't know who it was at first, and the fight was on. It wasn't until the stranger touched his hip that Jacob knew that this wasn't a physical battle anymore, that this was a spiritual battle. This is something bigger than he could ever imagine. This was not just a stranger. This was God. Students, don't be mistaken on this, and I want you to hear me on this. When struggles come into this world, when you have things going on in your life, when tragedy happens or something happens in your life, don't be mistaken thinking that it is only a physical thing that is going in your life. Understand that it might be something spiritual behind it. There might be something that you can taste and smell and see. It might be a problem that can be going on in your life, but it's probably something spiritual. God might use something physical in your life to take you a place that is spiritual in your life. He might break something physical in your life to reveal something spiritual in your life. He will use something physical to get you to the place where he will have your undivided attention. Students, how many of us in here have ever gotten to the place of your life where you are broken, you are depleted, you are hurting, you are heartbroken, and you know without a shadow of a doubt it is only you in the room and it is God in that room as well? It would not have happened without the process of breaking us. Jacob realizes that he is dealing with God, and he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Verse 27, he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Funny that God doesn't bless him until he tells God his name. Well, what's the significance of that? See, in biblical times, people received their names, um, and their names had meaning, and their, ma- their names usually described someone's character. It tells the world of who they are by their name. It tells them about themselves. And what that tells me th- about this is God won't give Jacob his blessing until he is willing to admit who he is. He goes, well, I'm Jacob. And when he says, I'm Jacob, he's saying to God, like, I'm a deceiver. I'm a trickster. I'm a manipulator. I like the control of things for my advantage. I'm Jacob. Students, what name do we tell Jesus that we are? Some of us in here, let's be honest, we probably could say, Jesus, I'm a liar. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's a cheater. Let's be honest. Maybe some of us are racist. 
Maybe some of us are lust. I'm lust. I don't know what name that you are going by these days, but I do know this, is that if you're not willing to name it, he won't be able to give you the blessing. How many of us are not willing to confess our character to God and therefore the fighting continues and continues and we're getting more and more tired, we're getting more and more beat down. And my question is, are we just sick and tired of fighting for something that we know? I know without a shadow of a doubt that we are fighting for things that we know are not going to make us as happy or fulfilled as following Jesus with everything. See, God will wrestle until he gets your name. But Jacob doesn't continue the fight. He says, you know what, my name is Jacob. Like, I'm the deceiver, the manipulator. Lord, I, I, I just want to lay everything down at your feet right now. Take it from me. But then, then, once he names his name, verse 28 happens. And he says, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven, stri- striven or striven? Yes, with God. And man, and you have prevailed. God says, your name is no longer Jacob. I'm going to change your name. And anytime that God changes your name, he changes your character. When God changes your name, he changes your reality because you remove the one thing of your life that you thought you needed and God replaces it with his control. Listen, this is the first time that many of us don't understand this, but when you give God who you are, when you lay your life down at the feet of Jesus for the first time, we're trying to control everything in our life and everything in our life is, seems to be crumbling. Some of us right now, you are walking with like your head under water, barely getting breath right now. Listen, this might be something that you need to hear tonight. It might be time to just give it all to Jesus. Let him have control of your life. Let him just be able to say, you know what? You are my child. I am going to lead you. I am going to love you. You know what? Let me encourage you tonight. Imagine what your life could look like. Imagine what your life could feel like if you just gave him everything. What about worry? How many of us worry too much? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Hey, yo. Imagine what your worry would feel like if you just gave it to Jesus. Pain, if you gave it to Jesus. What if we gave him our future? I mean, I know that y'all are stressing about, like, who am I going to marry up later in this life, right? Like, what if you just gave it to Jesus? I did, and I I got a 10 out of 10. She got a four out of ten. All right? What you laughing for? <laughs> Students, what are you holding on to right now? If I can just be honest with you, this is an older guy talking to some younger people out here. And this is the honest truth. If you ever thought I was a prosperity gospel preacher, like, you're welcome. Here's your sign. Like, God's going to break you. I can't tell you how many times that God has broken something in my life that I was holding in between me and him. And it was painful and it hurt, yes. But it was worth it. Maybe some of you right now, you got a lot of pride in like how smart you are. I never had that problem, right? You're good looking, you're smart, right? Things are going well in your life and 
Maybe this is the area that God isn't in control of. Maybe it's your money. Maybe your family has money and maybe you will have money someday when you inherit it. And maybe you write on that. Maybe that's your name right now is money. Maybe it's relationships. You're just one of those well-connected relational people. You can, you have every contact for everything. You can get whatever you want whenever you want it. But know this, I promise you, if you ever want to fully experience God, if you want to feel God in a tangible way, if you ever want to have that relationship where you know that there is a God and that God loves you, where he communicates with you, where he desires to be with you, where he pushes you and encourages you in that way, listen, the only way for that to happen is for you to be able to break that one thing that is in between you and God. And when that happens, it'll be for your good and it'll be for his glory. Verse 29, it says, Then Jacob asked, Please tell me your name. And he said, Why would you ask me my name? And Jacob's like, hey, you know what? You asked my name. Let me ask your name. God's like, you should know my name by now. Like every stronghold that you have had in your life, like I have, like that you defined as independence. Like I took those things from you. You know, maybe some of the things in your life, like your girlfriend, like how many of us have lost our girlfriends? Like, like maybe that is not working in your life. Maybe it was your athletic career. All right. God took that to me, like took away at 12, right? But maybe I blocked you from that. Maybe God took something out of your life that made you feel good about yourself and that you were holding independent from God. But then it dawned on Jacob. Jacob called, uh, in verse 30, sorry. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Listen, when you have an encounter with God, you know it's him. And not only do you know it's him, but it's like Jacob, you feel delivered, not because of what God has done to you, but because you realize how much more he could have taken away, how much you deserved, but you didn't get because you have a loving God who cares for you, who wants to have a real relationship with you, who wants to be your God, and he wants you to be his child. Listen, the only it's only when we recognize the grace of God can we fully understand the blessing of God. It's only when we recognize the grace of God can we fully understand the blessing of God. And the end of the verse says this, And the sun rose, and Jacob was still limping. And he said, Yet I am still delivered. He says, you know what, I'll, I walk with a limp. Even to his old, older age, it says that he still walked with a limp. When he blessed his grandchildren, it says that he had to lean on his staff and walk with a limp. And he said, you know what, that still happened to me, but I still am blessed. Students, when you are in the fight and you're holding on to the very thing that is independent from you and God, and it's this mythical independence in reality because you believe that this is the thing that you need in your life, but God is going to break that from you. 
It could be that relationship that you think that you need right now. It could be that addiction that you think right now. It could be those friends that you think that you need right now. It could even be the parents that you think that you need right now. It could be your pride, whatever it is. While you are fighting for it and it gets broken, I'm going to promise you this, it will hurt. But listen to me, at the end of things, when you are through it, when you have grown through it, when you get to experience Jesus in that real and tangible way, I'm telling you, it'll be for your best. It won't be for your worse. Students here, a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you about my anxiety attack that I had this summer. I talked about how um, it, was a, it was a brutal day for my life. It was a day-by-day day tragedy for about three months of my life. Living, my life was just in a different world. I was in a different mindset. I, it had a stronghold over me. But during that time, during this anxiety over the, over the three months of my life, I started really just tuning into God and I started realizing something over those three months is that I had such a stronghold in who I was. I started realizing that I thought I could face anything. I thought that I could handle anything because of my wit. I thought I could handle anything because I was the strong type. I thought I could handle anything. I thought I could handle it with my physical strength. I thought I could handle it with my mental toughness. I even thought I knew enough about the Bible to be able to handle anything that the world could throw at me. And no lie, within one hour, God took everything that I thought that I had and he turned it upside down. And for the next three months, I had no stability in any of the things that I just told you about. And I realized that through my brokenness, I was only relying on me through all of those years. I wasn't relying on him. I wasn't fully invested in him. And God had to break my world in order to show me that. Philippians 4 means a little something different to me than it did even six years ago, you know, when it says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like, it used to mean one thing for me back years ago because I'm not starting from a place of power anymore. I'm starting from a place of weakness. And my only strength every single day, what I wake up with is not Brent Russell's strength. It's not Brent Russell's mentality. It's not Brent Russell's courageousness or strength. No, the only strength that I get for that day is the strength that Christ has given to me. That day, that summer, changed my life forever. I still walk with a limp. I still have my good days, and I still have my bad days. But you want to know something? I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it because my life today is better off than it was Six months ago, Jacob didn't walk with his limp in shame. He actually wore it with honor because he had an encounter with God and it changed his life. He goes, even with my limp, I am still blessed. Students, what place in your life are you independent from you and God? See, Jacob, he had his pride that he needed to give over to God before God gave him as a blessing. 
But what was the blessing that, that God promised him? It was what we learned about last week, that God promised him that he would have, um, he would have blessed the whole nation with his lineage. And my question to us as students, have we ever gotten to the place where like, like we don't feel like we're getting blessings from God? Like, he would never have gotten his blessing, right, if he never would have given up to God. He never would have got his blessing unless he would trust the process of brokenness in God. Maybe, just maybe, some of us right now, we don't feel like we're receiving blessings from God because we haven't allowed ourselves to be broken. We haven't trusted the process of brokenness before God and giving everything to God so he can restore us in him. Students, where in your life have you been wrestling with God? I know some of you right now, there's something in your life that keeps you coming up that you know that God isn't approving in your life? Is there something in your life that keeps on coming up and you know that God keeps on bringing up in your life and you keep on trying to push it away? Maybe for some of you tonight, it's the first night that you realize that your life has been harder than it should be, and you realize that you aren't messing with the physical burdens in this world anymore, but you're dealing with God of the universe wanting to get your solo attention on him. And as we close tonight, I know some of us, we've never had a real encounter with God. If some of us, if we are true right now, God is something that we have learned about, but God isn't something that we have learned ourselves. If I said, have you had a true experience with God? Some of us are like, ah, I don't know. Maybe some of us tonight, like the very thing that we need to give up is not maybe just one thing, but it's everything. And we need to give our life to Jesus tonight and have that true encounter with God. And we need to quit fighting him because we know it's time. We know that God has called us to have this encounter with him. We know that God wants us to give us our all. And I'm begging you, make that tonight to change your life. But then there's some of us. We know exactly what we have been fighting over and over in our lives. And we're starting to see that our life is falling apart bit by bit. And we're starting to see how things are starting to narrow down. And it's just starting to become us and God in the room. And students, you know what, we would, be, what would be the greatest thing for you right now would be the same thing that would have been the greatest thing for Jacob. And instead of it getting to the point where God had to break his hip, imagine if Jacob would have said, I know what I need to give up. Lord, I want to lay it down right now, and I don't want to be broken anymore, and I want to be able to give it to you right now. Some of us right now, we are breaking and we are hurting because we're not giving something to Jesus. That's not prosperity gospel. That is the gospel. And listen, Jesus wants to take that from you. He wants to take that pain. He wants to take that burden. He wants to take that separation because he doesn't just want some of you. He wants all of you and he wants to love you. He doesn't want to just love parts of you. He wants to love every bit of you and he wants to work with you and encourage you and have a relationship with you like you've never had before. Students, we got to trust the process. If you trust the process of brokenness and understand it's not to make us worse, but it's to make us better in him, it will be for your good and it will be for God's glory. Amen? Let's pray.